morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Material Podcast, episode number 228. We are this week serving Mississippi's Gulf Coast. So a shout out to the Gulf Coast, which uh, I guess is rainy there this time of year. I am your host, Florence Ion, and I am joined by the other host of this podcast. His name is Mr. Andy Anatko. Hello, Andy Anatko. Hello, all those in Erico 228. I believe it is, is it usually crawfish season, like all year round, or is it just, or is it just that participating red lobsters? I'm, I'm unknowledgeable, but I'm willing to I was to about learn. to say, I'm also unknowledgeable. Uh, I haven't really spent much time in the South, actually, which a lot of people have told me I'm missing out. Uh, I do have every intention of going down there and uh, kind of sampling the uh, culinary smorgasbord of uh, the South. Because again, up here in California, we just are eating barbecue all the time. But um, ching. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm still with the fire jokes this week. What can I say? Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's so. But you're you've you've escaped. You've you've been so so uh, concerned about the wildfires. You've actually moved to escape them, or was it a global warming sort of thing, or was it just a <laughs> your 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 next door neighbors got into flamenco and they just could not be dissuaded. Okay, this is really this is really this is seriously what went into deciding. So we actually moved up the hill, um, which <laughs> by the way, very different world up here. Uh, we have traded in black widows for wolf spiders, uh, <laughs> additionally pregnant wolf spiders, which are just as frightening as they sound. Um, and you want them out of your house immediately. So I live up a hill now, very much up a hill. And we actually consciously made the decision to move up the hill because <laughs> so we have, um, some small independent press here in our small town. Uh, which I do contribute to financially with little bits that I can as also a journalist. Um, and they cover, because this is a refinery town and this is a water town, we cover a lot of the environmental like impact of being in this town. And um, there was a report that came out before we started looking for a house that uh, downtown, which is, which is right by the water, was going to be underwater uh, in the next 15 to 20 years. And we used to live close to downtown and by the water. We were so close to, to the water that, um, from my husband's office window, you could see all the ships bringing in the cars from like Japan. So you could see them like offloading, like the Toyotas and like whatever was coming, was coming overseas, which was very fascinating. But we decided we should probably move uphill just to like, <laughs> I, I swear to compensate this for is, climate this is, change. This is I, I'm I'm not joking about that. That that's that's where we are yeah. right now. That if you're if you're making like a, a purchase that's going to involve like that being there for like twenty or yes. thirty years, you're you're going to be thinking, well, in thirty years, where's there? Are we going to have beachfront property or are we going to be under the beach? Precisely. And there's already homes down there, by the way, that flood and. um a long time ago, we had looked into moving down there and like the bank would not give us a loan because they were like, you are going to be underwater and then we we have to deal with it. We don't want to. So anyway, uh, yes, I have moved to a new house. There's a lot of spiders here. In fact, you maybe you can't. Well, Andy can see this in the webcam. 
you listening to this podcast cannot, but I'm going to describe it to you. Behind me is an open closet, which very much excites me because my last office, I was at, <laughs> I was in the back room and the back room was also the laundry room. And it also bordered the kitchen. So I couldn't be back there if my husband was cooking because like I could not work. Um, there was no, hardly any privacy for me from whoever was in the house. And of course, if somebody needed to do laundry, if I needed to do laundry, it was right there. Here I have a whole room to myself. I have a whole closet for like every (laughs) single phone and tablet and smart thing I have ever reviewed. So like I have these two giant tubs behind me, the, Perhaps I shouldn't be advertising this, but I am. They're just filled with <laughs> reference hardware and um, and crafting stuff. So that's what I have going in a giant closet. But there's already <laughs> spiders have been moving into this house. Like every time you open a door, a spider crawls in. <laughs> and uh, in the other night we had uh, a Jerusalem cricket, which some people call potato bug. Um, it that's what we call them here on the West coast. I don't know what the East coast equivalent is, but they're really big. And the problem with, I'm going to talk about insects here. So perhaps I should have done a, uh, you know, a content warning for those who are creeped out by creepy crawlies. <laughs> but you know, the thing is you can't, you can't suck them up with a Dyson vacuum. Okay. Because they're really juicy. They're like really meaty. <laughs> uh, yesterday my husband was in the garage and he was like looking through the boxes. Oh, we have a garage now, by the way, very exciting. And he was, lo- he was looking, I'm, I'm very excited. We, we worked our butts off to get, <laughs> to get to this point. So <laughs> he, uh, was in the garage getting something from one of the boxes and he could hear, the body of a wolf spider like running around in the box because there's so much mass and density to this insect. And like it is now I'm going to have to learn how to catch animals and catch. Look, I call them animals. Now I have to catch insects and release them. (laughs) I don't, (laughs) don't don't name them. Don't that's, that's your, that's the problem. Like you don't name them. Just you slaughter them. (laughs) Some of the market, you don't get attached to them. I know it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to contend with. Um, and we we gave up the the shoreline for a fire line because now we have to put in some sprinklers because we're like right on a hill. Anyway, it's it's so fun living <laughs> in California. Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, but so you are you uh, so what's uh, you you also had to switch internet providers? Are you with the same group or different? Okay. So I love to bring this up because I want to point out the disparity in internet access in the United States. A lot of people think that because Flo is a tech journalist, that she lives in a metropolitan area and she has access to like, whatever, all the, all the stuff. Not true. So I don't live in San Francisco. (laughs) I don't live in Oakland. I don't have, um, I don't have like sonic internet or we have it out here, but it's subcontracted through AT&T. So it's basically, yeah, it's basically DSL, which I'm not going to touch with a seven foot pole. Um, and so the only option that we have, we don't have Verizon Fios out here. It, the infrastructure has not been put in where I live. So all we have is Xfinity, Comcast Xfinity. And we managed to, uh, finagle a new deal with them. 
Again, this podcast is supposed to serve as consumer help. So I'm letting you all know that sometimes it is worth to call <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of haggle your way into a better deal. We were paying an exorbitant amount of money for much slower internet. Now we're paying less money for gigabit internet. Uh, under $100, just to put that out there, which is not bad compared to what we were paying before. And, uh, you know, we switched the modem. Everything seems fine. One little issue. And this is something I did not think about with regards to mesh Wi-Fi is that the first gen Google Wi-Fi's do not support gigabit internet. They do not support the thousand Mbps speeds that are supposed <laughs> to be afforded to me that I am apparently paying for. They only go up to a hundred, <laughs> which is if those of you are doing math out there, one tenth of what I am paying for. <laughs> <laughs> so in the coming weeks, we're going to have to do a uh, wiring of the house. Like this is yeah. wiring the house up with some cable so we can like get at least the computers because I don't care about the smart stuff. Like it's fine. The smart stuff can be at the cap, whatever. But I really and the reason we have the mesh Wi-Fi is for the smart stuff so that we can have all of these devices on the network. But when it comes to the computers, the download speeds, Andy and I podcasting and Skyping together, I would like to be able to do that at the speed of which I'm paying for. So lots of it all it all amounts to a better show for you, the listener. Yes. Even though you can't watch us. But it does mean that if we're happy, you yes. are happy. Yes. And I will say Andy looks spectacular here on my end in, in his webcam. I was, so. yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna save the big reveal that you know, if you that you look fantastic. You look better than you have any other week that we've done like Skype that's together. That's really that's so, really interesting because I, I I didn't my webcam is the same. It's the same years old Logitech that I have here. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe it's the lighting in the room too or something. I don't know. It's possible. It's also possible. This is probably the last week that I'm going to be using my, uh, my, uh, my, my Lenovo He's ThinkPad X1 Carbon yes. third generation yes. because, uh, and I've, I've, I belatedly realized that the MacBook Pro, the 2015 MacBook Pro that I usually use for all my stuff, including Skype is based on an Intel i5. This one is based on an Intel i7. It's like quite a bit faster. I didn't notice that. I didn't really tick to that until people that I'm like doing podcasts with and doing conferences with say, Oh, wow. Do you get a new camera? Cause wow, you look, you look much, much better now. And I'm saying, thank you. I've been working out and, or I've temporarily switch to windows but maybe maybe instead of getting like the cheapest macbook i could always get i could ever get every time i buy one that's that's another thing that as i contemplate my whatever hardware i'm buying next year it's like or you could buy really much better hardware that runs windows for the same amount of money but i don't even want to go there plus that has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight mm -hmm, now so i'm sorry mm -hmm. um yeah I don't want to digress, but I will say I've been getting people asking me about laptops and like, nobody wants a Windows PC. It's very, it's, they're like, <laughs> you need a Chromebook or, or which Apple, tell me which one to get. And I'm like, those are like two completely yeah. opposite sides of the spectrum, but. And ne neither of them will let you upgrade from the 256 gigabyte internal SSD you bought because you were cheap to a one terabyte one a year later when you realized that you like downloading 4K videos from illegal sources. That's why I am a PC user to this day. Uh, <laughs> so a couple other things that I just want to share for those of you out there. You know, my ex I live these experiences so that I may pass along information to the rest of y'all. So I will say moving the smart home 
very easy. As if you're moving a mesh Wi-Fi network along with you and you're keeping all the the names the same, like as soon as you plug that stuff back in, it's just going to go directly on the network that it last was on. It didn't even notice that we moved. Um, I still have to do some some tweaking in the Google home app because I haven't like changed the address in there and some other things that I need to do that has to do with the security system. But I will say like getting the Google smart stuff back online, super easy. It was just plugging it in. It already knew the network. It was like, Oh, oh, it's so nice. We took a long nap inside of a box for a couple of days. (laughs) And then there was like, Oh, Oh, I'm this kitchen is a lot bigger than the lot. Oh, because, you know, because this one has a camera. That's what I'm acting out right now. Uh, (laughs) Talking about the Lenovo Smart Display. Sorry. (laughs) You know, uh, the two that I brought upstairs, I actually ended up putting the Lenovo Smart Clock by my bedside. And then I ended up putting the Nest Hub, which is Sans camera. I have a vanity now in the bathroom. So it's in there now because um, my husband actually put it in there. He's like, you are always watching TV when you're getting ready. He's like, so just put it here. <laughs> like, what is the point in? I was like, oh, okay. Also, you can, become, you can become a makeup Instagram influencer. I mean, I have to tell you, I, I did use YouTube on that thing to get, like when it comes to like doing your, doing your hair or if you just need like to look something up, like how do I like... Uh, I was trying, I was about to say, well, I'll just say to, how do I get rid of a blister in my foot? You know, that's what YouTube's for. Listen, listen. In 4K. It's it's life, people. We're all human here. We all get blisters. Break in your shoes, please. Um, Yes. The biggest, one of the other things that was really easy is Nest. Like as soon as we put in the doorbell, it was like, just like that, like again, oh, oh new, new landscape. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, one thing I will say though, is in the Nest app, and it did this just on its own. Um, my husband renamed the the Nest doorbell. He put it as in the entryway. And after he did that, it brought over all of the devices that used to be what was the front door section of the last house into that entryway section. So I thought it was just like very, it it just was a very intuitive way. I mean, the app has not, like we have not had to do anything to the app except like ensure that the address is right on there. Um, I'm, I'm like very pleased with the experience of moving and just like the ease of access to all these things. As long as you're not changing anything significantly, like you're not changing internet providers or, you know, you're not changing like a uh, mesh Wi-Fi, It's very easy to do, which I'm thankful for. The biggest pain so far has been the smart bulbs because I took some, I took some <laughs> of them out and none of them are labeled. So like I plugged in the guest room bulb into like the living room one. And it's like, Oh crap. I have to, and you know, it's Hugh, it's Phillips Hugh. So you have to like, go press the button in the other room and then you have to like rename it and then it has to like find it on the network and then like you have to assign it to a room and it's just, uh, it's fine. But, um, that's been my experience so far moving my smart home. It's honestly, it's been pretty simple. The last thing yep, that I'm going to yep. say is anybody with a robot vacuum out there. I have not tested, uh, what I refer to as my robot child, because um, every, there's still boxes all over everywhere. I'm not really ready to like clean. 
And uh, we'll see how that works because I now have steps in the house and more square footage. <laughs> so, I mean, I have more square footage. Sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way. I just <laughs> meant to say it's... <laughs> that's, that's got that's good well that's got to be sort of like a psychologically bruising sort of thing for the robot vacuum it's because it used to be perfect at what it did and now it's like it's 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 like taking a kid and we're, you're moving to a new, now a new school it has to learn like new classes make new friends uh, you know i just give it a little a little extra tlc you know i, I we'll I see how good that, that lidar really is at scoping out what's around <laughs> um it'll be it'll be interesting so mm. I I did like speaking since we're speaking about smart home and light things. Uh, I didn't put this in the show doc, but it just uh, only just occurred to me that uh, I I had a I had an overnight house guest mm-hmm. uh, this week, and it didn't occur to me until exactly then that uh, uh, I'm I'm creating a new sort of like profile for my like uh, for my lighting setup, and that profile is going to be like house guest mode, mm-hmm. in which. Because it's like I know, uh, like in the, I know where things are, and I it's, for me it's like it's not worth turning lights on and off if I know that if I know I know where the bathroom is, I know there's a clear path to the bathroom, and or I know where the light switch is on the bathroom, and that that sort of and the kitchen lights I know how they work, I know how those if I'm just getting if I'm just going in to grab something out of the out of the kitchen, so I decided that I'm going to have like a guest mode that simply says okay there is like a little like there, there's a little one of those like upwash sort of like lights in the bathroom that gets turned on at darkness so that they can a not only only see that that's where the bathroom is if they get up in the middle of the night, but also not know have to figure out like where the light switch is. It's just the lighting changes that basically give you cues as to here is where if you are if you are spending your first night in this house, here's here is don't trip over that. That's where Andy keeps the the charger for his electric bike and the electric bike itself. You will knock it over if you don't know it's there. It's so I, there's there's so much that we learn about like uh, human to human customs when we have technology that can solve problems that we didn't care to solve before. Yes, and I will say, God, I really missed my smart stuff. Like the few days I didn't have it. I love talking to (laughs) my house. I don't care what anybody says. I know we're all worried about privacy concerns and your house listening to you. But you know what? You know, you know, like when a magician first figures out magic and they just get super excited that like a spell they're saying like works. That's that's what it's like. That's what it's like. See, I, I would put it I would put it more like. Of uh, imagined, uh, I, I can't. I'm not going to speak for like uh, everyone who's listening to this podcast, but imagine that you have had uh, as a ch- as a child, you had a completely uh, healthy and wonderful relationship with both of your parents or whatever parent that you're living with, and imagine that like you suddenly become a teenager and you realize that you you come home and go, go into your bedroom and you see that like. Uh, all of your laundry has been done and that your, your, your parental figure like folded everything and put them like in your drawers for you. And you're like, Mark, I can't believe it. What? Not only did, she, did they go into my room, but they went into my drawers. I'm supposed to have any privacy. But then like your second thought is, well, actually that's true. That's but <laughs> this person did your laundry, not only did the laundry, but folded it and put it like where you would expect them to be. I, I don't know how upset I want to be about the lack of, and that's how I feel about like these smart that's devices. Where it's like 
it's I'm 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 definitely aware of data collection. I'm definitely aware that Google is a business and not my friend. However, I do like being able to turn off lights remotely. I do like being able to like activate my activate my Nest Cam to take to see. Uh, if a certain knocking that I heard mm-hmm. is someone at the door or a wind at mm-hmm. my window or something like that. So on that basis, I'm willing to, I'm willing to uh, not be the, the, the snippy 13 year old. Exactly. <laughs> with the, with the, yeah. So that's, but, but again, not, not, every, not, not everyone will agree. Not everyone should agree. It's, it's a, tra- you have to know what the transaction is and you have to simply agree or disagree with it. And as, as you are, you're precisely, one. uh, well, uh, should we give one last uh, Gimpy Gimpy Bush Please. update before we go into commercial? Please. Okay, we used to uh, last week we were two and three. Now we were number three, number two, and number four. So we're holding steady at number two. Dropped one button uh, to number four. So, but I still, as long as we got, uh, we still have a place on the on the metal podium. So I, I can't be unhappy about that. All right. I mean. We'll see how we're going to end up this year. I, I, we are talking less and less about it every episode. So I wonder if the algorithm is uh, kind of picking up on that. I wonder if the algorithm is picking up on our gaming of the algorithm. Well, we're still we're still mentioning it, and if, if if they are if they are picking up on our gaming of the algorithm and correcting for it, aren't we doing a service to Google? By because we're not doing it for nefarious purposes, we're just doing it to uh, unwealthen ourselves. And I think anybody who knows us uh, knows that we deserve to be unwealthened. However, there might be some rat jerks out there who don't deserve to be unwealthened by gaming mm-hmm. the system. And you know, it's 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 a testament to how good people we are that we would be willing to forego whatever it is that we. Actually, we haven't established how we're unwealthing ourselves, but conceptually, mm-hmm. we're willing to give that up in order to make sure that the rat jerks don't get uh, don't get to uh, line their own pockets unduly. <laughs> uh, and on that note, Gimpy Gimpy Bush, you are still killing people. Please stop. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do exactly that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com material. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code MATERIAL to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for material. Once again, that's squarespace.com material and the code MATERIAL to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. And now it's time for the update update portion of the Material Podcast, wherein we run you through all of the updates that have been updating on your updated device. How many times can you say update in the sentence? Flow. We're going we're gonna to test that and also our listeners' patience. 
Precisely. Uh, and thank you everyone who's still listening after all this time. We really do appreciate it. So uh, those of you who are on a first generation Pixel or what many refer to as the Pixel 1, back in the day it was referred to just as the Pixel Uh, But now it is the Pixel 1 because it was the first in line of the monarchy, the Pixel monarchy. Uh, <laughs> we, we could co- we could just call it like the Great Pixel, just like they called World War One the Great War, not knowing about what hellacious things were about I love to come. That. So this, if, if you're an owner of the Great okay. Pixel. The Great Pixel. Yeah, you know, it was a great one. I don't care what, what people say. It was a great one. So the Great Pixel will receive <laughs> its last and final security update in December uh, before the Pixel Prince takes over the monarchy. So it's already... It already seemed, I mean, we were already waiting for this moment to come for the great pixel to have kind of its its end of, I wouldn't say necessary end of life, but end of support ceremony, I should say. I think that's, that's a better K- way to put it. Kicked out of the nest. No, no, no joke. <laughs> yes, kicked out of the nest. Um, so it failed to receive a November security patch. Uh, that the rest of the Pixel lineup had received. So that kind of like spelled it out for folks who were kind of still holding on to the great Pixel. And, you know, they're thinking to themselves, ah, great, this is is the beginning of the end. So Google told The Verge (laughs) that uh, the great Pixel and the great Pixel XL will get one final software update that, quote, encapsulates a variety of updates, unquote, from the November and December updates. So whatever came to the new Pixels, I suppose, will be coming to the great Pixel in some sort of capacity along with a December update. Mm -hmm. So I guess you're covered through the holiday season. Um, When Google released the Great Pixel, they had promised two years of uh, software updates and three years of security patches, and they have over-delivered on that first round. Um, We are running running Android 10. I I do have Android 10 on my device, which which they didn't have to do. Which, thank you very and, much. And you know, and they did. They promised the same with the security patches. They're sending you in with three years of security patches. So, uh, what this phone came out at the end of 2016, it is now the end of 2019. So, you are covered there. Uh, I think the big question here is um, now. I I'm I want to defer to Andy this because he still has a great Pixel in his hand. You know, how screwed are the great Pixel users? Yep, he's holding it right there. Um, not, not, not literally. Yes. Sorry. How screwed are Great Pixel users, you know, without the OS security updates? What do you think, Andy? Yeah, it's, I don't think it's any reason to, like, throw your Pixel, your Great Pixels into the fire. Um, so when we talk about security updates, uh, it's most of them, most of them seem to have been not, not due to, oh, well, we just found out that everybody got like $8.12 uh, deleted from whatever bank account that they have because we decided, we unfortunately uh, had a left an open pipeline between whatever banking app that you have and the, and the greater internet. Sorry about that. We fixed that in the software. No, it's, it's never anything like that. It's like potentially there is, we found a weakness or the person, the person in the open source community who got, who builds this tool that we all use found a weakness and closed it and it was up to us to close it for all the devices that's why you, you keep these secure by making sure that all the little every little screw gets tightened as opposed to a problem of oh well it looks like that that door lock <laughs> was never installed to begin with so i would i wouldn't have any problem with continuing to uh, use my uh, my uh, my great my great pixel phone uh, it's it's gonna it's a little bit of a bummer to uh, know that we're not going to get any future like operating system updates. But we knew that actually we knew that we're not going to get anything beyond Android nine. And as we have mentioned more than once, uh, particularly when we're sort of combating against 
what Apple is usually saying, oh, look at these horrible, horrible adoption numbers for Android 10 versus the new version of, of, of iOS 13 has over 130% compliance because it's not uh, – uh, Google a long time ago switched their model to make sure that most of the, a lot of the most important updates that you get, you get through the Play Store. Uh, and so that you don't necessarily get it through an operating system update. So you'll still have a viable machine uh, for a couple of years to come, certainly. Uh, I will say that after three after three years, uh, it's not that even if you – I mean, my Pixel 1 is – my great Pixel is is, use, is working perfectly fine, not a scratch on it. Uh, I don't have any complaints really about it. However, uh, with every passing year, the value of upgrading your hardware gets greater that if I were to switch to a Pixel 4 right now, then uh, I, it not only be it not, I still have the Pixel 4 that I got from Google to, to to play and test with. And yeah, the pictures are much better and it's much faster. And I love the, uh, I love the, the machine learning features that are on it. And I love the way that the Google Assistant works on it. And the sum total of the things that I can do on the Pixel 4 that I can't do on my great Pixel are such that I would say, you know what, it's working fine. But I got three years out of it, and maybe I'll after I'll see what's happening on uh, on Black Friday sales. Uh, as a matter of fact, Best Buy. I didn't put this. Another thing that I found shortly after I finished the show doc. Best Buy posted some of their uh, Black Friday deals in the United States, including uh, I think it's, I think it said uh, four hundred dollars off. Uh, the Pixel yeah. 4 and Pixel 4 XL. If you if you sign up with a specific carrier, if you buy it unlocked, it's two hundred dollars off. Either way, that is a hell of a good discount. And this is the reason why when people have been asking me, so are you going to switch the the Pixel? I've been waiting for. Well, let's see if I can buy one in in the day after Thanksgiving for uh, for a considerable amount less than I what I could could have bought it for in October. So yeah, so if if uh, if you're still using it. By all means, continue to still use it. There's, there's, there's not going to be any particular downside to everything that you were able to do with it. You're going to continue to be able to do with it. It's just the new things that come along in the future you might be disappointed with. Um, and I, I, well, you we do have to say that uh, even though that I always say, oh, Apple, aren't they aren't they scalawags for c- complaining about uh, iOS adoption? Let's also give them credit though that this is one of the reasons why. Uh, if you want to, when you upgrade an iPhone, even if you have like a two or three year old phone, you can get back a lot of money for it because updates for the iPhone. Just, they they had to, they just had a like a, an alert this the, this month saying oh, if you have an iPhone five, we have to make sh- make sure that you update that you update the the software before Sunday because it'll stop working under Sunday unless this this iPhone five we're now on the iPhone eleven. Uh, so but we're asked when you, my Pixel one. I will find use for it as a remote universal remote control or dedicated like high definition music player. It will probably not be worth my finding someone who wants to buy it off of me. Uh, it's, it's but it's, by the time you know pack, packaging and postage happens, yeah, maybe I'd much rather have a universal remote control. But. Well, how about this, Andy? What about uh, getting a camera update to? Actually, I don't know if this is coming to the Great Pixel, but um, I was trying to actually look that up, and I couldn't find the information. It's been, yeah, Android Camera Seven Point Two uh, is 
has been released. It's been spotted in the wild for the Pixel 2 and 2XL on up. I don't think anybody, if anybody has, I did check for an update on, on my great Pixel. I may as well do it again, but I did not see an available. <laughs> it was not offered to me, let's well, say. Well, I'd be curious so. to see who maybe has tried sideloading it. But basically, this camera 7.2 update, uh, which you can check on it in the Play Store, it brings that new Pixel UI, the Pixel 4 UI uh, that was introduced. Um, basically, the new social share shortcut, uh, which lets you select exactly which app to kind of like rapidly fire or share uh, photos to. Yeah, without, without, having to without having to dial all the mm-hmm. way into the share seats, just like long press on this button right now. Very easy. Really and cool. uh, just so everybody knows, by default, it immediately posts to Instagram stories. So it does not post to your posts, which, you know, stories is the new way to share yeah. your life. Well, that's, that's that's sort of a happy medium because because putting that share button so close to the top of the UI means that you have several fewer seconds to think about whether it's smart to share this picture and it's what true. it will do to your job, your personal life, your career. So by putting it onto stories that will ha- that has this this sort of built in like time bomb sort of thing where it'll just you know go away after a little while, it's a it's a smart yeah, thing. Uh, so never thought about it that way. Yeah. So, so yeah. So again, so 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 if you're a boss. You know, post a picture from Cancun, uh, and he or she has done something that could get them fired, and you want their job. Make sure you screenshot that that uh, that sob, uh, <laughs> so that uh, otherwise. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just like, yeah. I'm anyway. Uh, ha. Okay. <laughs> this week in Machiavelli. Um, it also include this update is also going to include the ability to long press on the shutter button to start recording a video. Um, also offers suggestions for framing and level guides. But the biggest feature, of course, is that you're going to get that astrophotography mode, the ability to kind of have the camera know that there's a long exposure shot involved here to take a picture of the stars above us. So that, you know, I think that'll be fun. And I am telling you, I'm finding less and less of a reason to leave the Pixel 3 with the more updates that come out. Um, Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm writing about this right now. So stay tuned because I am going to have an opinion about that out there. (laughs) Uh, But it's just with every little update that comes through, it's like this Pixel 4 picture, this Pixel 4 feature is coming to your Pixel 3. I'm like, great, because I don't want to leave my pink Pixel. And it's, yeah. Yeah. I had the I had the exact same thing happen with my Pixel One last year, where I, I was sort of thinking about, well, you know, it's two years old, and this is it's not going to get Android Nine is the last version of Android it's going to get. But then, as soon as uh, Night Sight came up, they released it for the Pixel One. I'm like, you know what? It's almost like I have a brand new camera. I have a new toy to play with. I feel like this is this still feels like a thoroughly modern phone. I can hold off for another exactly. Year. Uh, so moving on in the update, update, updates. Uh, another big update to Chrome OS available today. Now, yours truly has been, because I've been in transition between between dwellings and just also other things in life, My I've become one of those people who is constantly being, it's like, you know, OS ten when it yells at you to constantly update. That's my Chromebook now. I've become that person, which is not a good thing. Don't become me, okay? I'm, tell, I'm telling you that I live it so you don't have to. Um, so there are new features, including one that sounds like a lot like OS ten Spaces, which is called virtual desks. So this lets you create separate workspaces um, slash virtual desktops. So for instance, uh, if you're me or Andy, you know, we're working on a story, we're doing a bunch of research. Uh, we can dump all of that information to like one specific desktop space and kind of keep that away when we go to the other desktop space to, you know, catch up with our friends and generally procrastinate because that's the creative process, <laughs> everyone. Okay. Can you blame us? Um, 
Other features include the ability to right-click on a phone number inside Chrome and send it to your phone. This works between your Chromebook and a phone that's activated Chrome syncing to the same account. Again, bringing in that across, uh, I guess this would be not cross-platform, but cross-device compatibility, kind of bringing it, stringing along the ecosystem, making it easy for those who are dumping money into Google to kind of have that like synergy between devices. Um, I am told that printing is supposed to be less of a desperate hellscape, but uh, we'll see about that. So printers are supposed to be discoverable (laughs) without a separate setup process uh, with default printers, easy to designate. We have a brother printer, Wi-Fi printer, and the biggest problem with it is that uh, any Chromebook or Android device that uses the cloud print does not see it. And so I've had to resign myself to like, guess better go to the Windows machine because it'll be fine over there. <laughs> and so I would like, if, if when the printer, it's not online right now, but when the printer gets put back up, I will test this and I will tell you. So hopefully I'll have an update for you next week. I'm going to print some things, okay? We're going to see if this works. And, and, if any, and if anybody is scoffing uh, that the only thing less likely than actually dialing a phone number and having a voice conversation is printing something on paper, that's very true until the time when you actually have mm-hmm. to do it. <laughs> that, again, there again there have been times where I, I do have I do have the same like postscript HP laser printer that I've had for like ten or fifteen years. It has not been fired up in maybe a year, but it will be fired up at the time where, no, I need to sign this document and no, I can't do it in PDF, or I actually have to like print something to hand to somebody because I don't want to like send them my phone that has this data on it. So I'm a big proponent of returning things and those online return, (laughs) you know, pieces of paper. I don't want to, I don't want to pay for it. I want to do it for free at home. So, and that's why I'm constantly using the printer because I'm like, yes. actually, I decided I don't want this. Uh, so one last little like interesting feature is a feedback button, which is prominently placed inside the kind of that power off sign out lock button deck. So you hold down the power button and click feedback to give the Chrome OS team a piece of your mind and how you're feeling about the whole experience. I would encourage those kids out there using Chromebooks for education to just really let the team know how you feel about all the homework that your teacher has been laying on you because it's just, you know what? You, you're only a kid once. Like, what the heck? Well, also, also, leave the potty mouth in the playground, okay? You don't bring the potty mouth inside. I agree. That's all I'm going to say. I agree. Just don't. Don't curse at people you don't know. <laughs> Just curse at people you do know that you have a real vendetta against. Okay, save it for them. That 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 is, that is pretty cool though. There's like people don't. I I, I uh, people are often surprised when I tell them that. Well, have you have you talked to like Apple about this? Well, no. The genius part. No, no. I'm saying there's there's actually an address you can actually send feedback to and like suggestions and complaints to. Wow, where is that? It's well, you go to this building where the lights are always out at the end of a dead end street. Beyond the danger construction detour signs, it's going to tell you to turn left, but you still go straight. Uh, there's going to be a door that's locked, where it has these chains, uh, double clack. You uh, you can just pull on the lock. It's not really locked. It's just there for cosmetic purposes. Now, there are going to be no lights in the building, so you want to bring a flashlight. Go down two, three, four flights of steps. If you go down five, you'll find a door that locks behind you and leaving you back outside, and you can only go back up. So don't go forward. Go five, 
five. Don't go five. Go, f-, you know, it's whereas it's like, oh, actually, we're so concerned about getting feedback. We will actually add a feature that makes our feedback buttons even more prominent. Uh, we we have put them in almost all of our apps, but we're going to make we, we're concerned that not enough people are using them. So we'll put an extra one in. So there really okay, is, by the way, Google. a ton of construction around uh, Google Campus right now. It's like an absolute uh, nightmare to try and like drive around there just in case anybody was curious. Andy is <laughs> spot on. Uh, lastly, improvements to YouTube updates, updates. So the, not the improvements you're thinking about. Uh, the bad content is still there. You're still going to have to field it and shield your children. Uh, however, you can now add to queue, which allows you to line up videos to watch next without interrupting the current video, which, oh my God, why has this not been around? Because I'm telling you, that's like the main party function. Like when you have, yeah. cause like YouTube is the new MTV, right? It's just, you're curating it yourself. And so let me make a salsa playlist. Only the, only this one has actually will actually feature non-white performing mm-hmm, artists. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one difference between mm-hmm. MTV or at least the first MTV. But see, yeah, the I, I the only thing that I w- I was kind of holding out to see if they had corrected my worst 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 most rage inducing problem with YouTube, which is that I'll I'll often be like listening to music on my Google Play Music account, but I'm on like Reddit or I'm on the web somewhere, and or a blog will like mention. Oh, by the way, here's like a recap of like. Here, Here's every Ron Swanson food joke from uh, from Parks and Rec- Recreation. And so, well, I, I, I'm not actually watching videos right now, but I would like to watch that later. So I'll like click the to the add to like my add to the watch later playlist. And then right in the middle of like David Bowie, it'll say, Kick. we're sorry, we've, we've terminated music because you're using your Google Play music account on another source. I'm like, A, YouTube is not Google Play Music. You keep trying to say it's Google Play Music, but it clearly isn't. Secondly, I wasn't using it. I was just adding something to the watch list so I could watch it later. Thank you for stopping the music that was making me happy and distracting me from my natural tendency to go into rage mode on a Monday afternoon at three in the afternoon when no one has replied to my emails yet. So I can't proceed forward on a project that needs to be done by Wednesday. That's just my suggestion. Oh, well, actually, now I should probably use that built-in power button. I was about to say, you you, you better Mm. write the team. Uh, Another couple of updates, 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 updates that have been given to YouTube. (laughs) So the ability to respond to a video recommendation by telling YouTube to never recommend anything from that channel ever again. Finally, thank you. (laughs) I don't care about like five very specific makeup gurus who uh who are all by the way terrible freaking people i don't care how much their palettes cost they are still inherently racist please stop giving them money uh because the thing is i like beauty youtube i'm into it i want to learn how to do my makeup as i teach me i don't have time to go to sephora and learn these things but i don't want to learn it from these jerks uh, so now you can do that. This was, a, you know, already a feature on mobile YouTube, but now it's available on the desktop, which yay. Thank you to those of us who use computers. Uh, and then lastly, and this is just going to be a savior for those who are also like me and like to watch TV on the tiny little phone screen in front of them is now there's the picture in picture feature for YouTube. The video automatically moves to a floating window when you move to another app akin to if you're, if you've used it, uh, YouTube TV does the exact same thing. When you like back out, it'll immediately go Broop, and then kind of like go into a small little window. And then you can watch housewives while also reading up on the latest, uh, slates, Karen feeding column. And yes, that is my <laughs> nightly ritual. 
Yes. But isn't it incredible that this is when I uh, when I start using the Chromebook, it's like I, I was I was moving from the iPad mm-hmm. Pro where any any app that uses the standard like iOS video playback widget mm-hmm. or whatever, it has a picture in picture button. So no matter what it is, click, click picture in picture and you can move on to Google Docs. You can move on to whatever you're working on and still watch your your probably totally legally updated uh, uploaded videos from last night's episode of the British Breaking Show <laughs> that aired on the BBC and again went to the public domain within eight hours apparently because that's I'm you I'm, don't I know live I'm in England myself, but at it's least fine. I get to watch it's fine. exactly exactly I hey if I could pay the TV license fee I could and if you sent a van out to your TV detector van to east coast of of, uh, of America hey I've been caught. But I guess you just don't send your TV detector fans. Anyway, uh, so I, I was just amazed that, wait, but wait a minute. So, again, YouTube is, uh, a, YouTube is a service run and owned by, like, the Alphabet Company. And Google is also run and owned by the Alphabet Company. They make Android, which is, again, a Google product. And the YouTube video player is, again, made by the same people that make YouTube and Android and Chrome OS. But you're telling me that the YouTube app does not do picture-in-picture at all. And if I want to do it in the Chrome <laughs> browser, I have to install a special plugin. Like, oh, you that was that was not how I would have predicted this is going to work. But, yes, yeah, so I did. I, that's one of the first things I tested out this morning. It's like, oh my God! It's the, the the simple when you when you're when you know when you don't have a clean source of drinking water, <laughs> when the simple act of like turning on a tap and pouring water into a glass and drinking clean water seems like the most incredible thing in the world. And that's the mm-hmm. same. Way, oh my God! I I'm watching this video and then I switched it to another Chrome app and or the Chrome browser and the video continued playing in a corner of my I'm I'm the happiest boy in all of Puppet Land. <laughs> But I, but I don't want to be sarcastic. Thank you, Google, for actually for adding that that feature to the to the Android version of, of YouTube. But yes, thank you. Fine. Uh, I wonder if it took a while to do that because I had to differentiate from playing in the background. No, it didn't. I don't know. Anyway, but still, that, that that sounds like a Google problem, not an Andy or, yeah, or Flow problem. Right. Uh, on that note, let's go on to something that is our problem, which is an ad break for the folks listening in. Not a problem, a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. The holiday shopping season, Boxing Day, and Black Friday are all just around the corner. And we're all going to be looking for some good deals. And when you're shopping online, there's little worse than a shopping cart fail or for the website to suddenly become available. And if you run one of those sites, well, Pingdom will let you know the moment your website goes down in whatever way is best for you. Use transaction monitoring to get alerted when cart checkout, forms, and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted, depending on the severity of the outage. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. Last week, we learned it is real. It has happened. Fitbit and Google have become a couple. They are, hey. I don't know what their couple name would be. Like Google Bit, uh, Fitugle, uh, Fitgoo. Fitgoo. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, they're a couple Google now. It. They're out and about. The paparazzi have filmed them together. 
Um, and let's hope it lasts longer than Peter Davidson and whoever it is this week. Am I right, everybody? <laughs> oh, that guy. Um, so Google has bought the company of Fitbit. Actually, Alphabet has bought the company of Fitbit, right? No, Google. Google has. Google. I think it's Google. Yes. <sighs> anyway, sorry. I just keep, cause <laughs> I've had so many conversations about this in the last like week with people that I have lost track of what is alphabet, what is Google? Like, yeah, I know it, it was posted on the official Google blog. Rick, Rick Osterloh, uh, mm-hmm. Google hardware was the guy who was the, the human face behind this machine like corporate. Okay. Fair point. Good point, Andy. So Google is buying the company at a valuation of about 2.1 billion and the deal is expected to close next year in 2020. Uh, side note, New Year's is going to be fun this year because 2020, the glasses will align just properly on your eyes uh, when you buy, you know, the 2020 glasses. Too. Yeah, but you're, you're going to be listing to one side or the other. <laughs> it's not like 2001 where you're, you're the two and the one. Or better yet, the two, 2002, you're, right. you're equally you're right. balanced. Those of us who have like an inner ear sort of thing you're going right. on. You might want to add a paper clip to the side that uh, that, that lacks the you're extra. You're but, right. but I digress. We're just think, we're just yeah, thinking no, about everybody. I'm just, just thinking, thinking about that. So Google claimed that they're buying Fitbit to improve. This is I'm, I'm going to have a lot of digressions here, so you have to apologize. I apologize in advance. <laughs> so Google claims they're buying Fitbit to improve their hardware business, not to acquire Fitbit's data to u- or use those wearables to acquire more user data user data. (laughs) Google spokeswoman (laughs) Heather Dickinson said, quote, this is about devices, not data. Devices are a different business model. We are buying Fitbit to help us in our hardware efforts. Here, the business model is primarily about selling devices and services, not advertising, end quote. Um, The Washington Post says that selling ads won't be a direct result of the deal. Uh, Rick Osterloh, again, he was in that blog post, uh, head of hardware. He's, he's the guy that we saw on stage at, uh, the big Google event in New York, who was telling us all about the new stuff coming out. So he spoke to privacy concerns in the official Google blog saying, quote, similar to our other products with wearables, we will be transparent about the data we collect and why we will never sell personal information to anyone. Fitbit health and wellness data will not be used for Google ads. And we, and this is Andy bolded this for us. We will give Fitbit users the choice to review, move, or delete their data, end quote. Uh, And from the official Fitbit blog post about the deal, Fitbit will continue to put users in control of their data and will remain transparent about the data it collects and why. The company never sells personal information, and Fitbit health and wellness data will not be used for Google ads. Um, of course, this has... Everybody believed <laughs> so which, which put all of those worries that everybody had to, to, to rest. And with basically, all the traffic on Twitter about this was along the lines of, don't I feel ashamed and, and embarrassed that I was concerned that Google, the large world's largest ad company, uh, buying uh, access to the world, maybe one of the world's largest collections of personal health data with 22 million users. Boy, was I foolish. I, I apologize, Google. You know... And so the next, okay, I'm going to bring up, I'm going to bring up this next little item first. Okay. And then, and then I'll, I'll kind of weigh in. So, uh, from the guardian, uh, a headline tossed my Fitbit in the trash users fear for privacy after Google buys company. I tossed, I tossed my Fitbit into the trash today. One user tweeted, I intend to sell my Fitbit and delete my accounts at another, 
uh, Veronica KB Olson, a research fellow at CERN in Geneva. I am usually careful about big tech companies gobbling up too much data, but especially Google, she said. I have a knee-jerk reaction to Google having any of my data. I try to opt out most of the stuff they do. Um, now, Fitbit users can already delete all their data at any time. Uh, and I, as Florence Ion, want to say I... I cannot believe the narrative that is blown up around this. I understand why data is like <laughs> yep. the primary thing that people have jumped to, but like, I don't, I'm not worried. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it, does that make me naive? Does that make me too trusting? Um, I don't know, but I just never thought about the data even my husband brought up this data thing too, by the way, because like I hadn't even considered it. For me, it was just thinking, oh, okay, they're going to try and breathe some life into Wear OS. Here's a lifeline. You know, this is this is the literal IV that they're putting into the tying patio. I'm so sorry. I just went <laughs> way too far with that metaphor. Figurative, 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 everybody. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, yeah. But I just, the data thing, plus, if you think about it, Data is one place where Google Fit in particular is extremely lacking. Like when you're talking about the data that you get from an Apple Watch compared to what you would get to Google Fit, um, if it's on a seesaw, I'm telling you, Google's in the air and Apple's on the ground. It's not going to let Google back down. Because there's nothing there yeah. to weigh it down. Like Google Fit is abysmal. There's a reason that I use Samsung Health. Okay, you want to talk about like privacy concerns. <laughs> there's a reason I'm using right. Samsung Health <laughs> to track things because it actually does all of the tracking that I need it to do. Like Google Fit has been, and that is just one of the myriad of reasons that Wear OS has not made any traction in this industry. So I don't know. I get that like, we are all jumping to, oh my God, data, data, because I feel like that is the, I don't know. Again, this may make me sound naive. May, this may make me sound fangirlish. I don't know. But I also feel like this is the constant narrative that is thrown around Google, which is like, oh great, now they're going to do something with this data. And it's like, yes, but you want all of this stuff algorithmically like tuned to you. So how are you supposed to do that without data? Like, especially when it comes to health and fitness, like the whole point, every person is a different person. I mean, when you think about it, the body is one giant algorithm, like the way it runs, the way it works, <laughs> it all works in like this, this perfect tandem. And if something is not working, it's, you know, you're, you're going to go to the doctor and find that out. Hopefully, unless you're in America and you maybe don't have health insurance. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, this, it, that, that is a good point. And also my take on it is that, um, all Fitbit was not in great shape no. before they were bought by Google. So there's always the possibility that they were going to be limping along until the point at which they were bought for peanuts by a company that doesn't promise to, that wasn't simply buying it just to scoop up all the personal data they could possibly scoop up and to see what they could get away with before new, more restrictive laws actually were put into place to prevent them from doing that sort of thing. Um, and it's also interesting to think about where mo most Mostly people have been speculating that, okay, well, this is going to be – they're going to fuel like the new version of Wear OS. But wouldn't it be interesting if they – if it became like the, the – the, if, if the the first Google or, or uh, Alphabet product, whatever they do with it, uh, was a, a Nest watch, if they decided that – 
we can, we still don't have a really good CPU on the level of what's in Samsung's or what's in Apple watches, but we can get uh, as uh, shovelfuls of like low low pro, low intensity processors that will allow us to have a watch that goes for six or seven days, and we can integrate we can collect data and integrate it with Google Health and also into lots of other uh, Google products and services. So why don't we just why don't we just say that we are not going to make any money selling three hundred dollar uh, two-way wrist radios and simply make the best $130 fitness watch that can possibly be made, not only because uh, we're making good hardware and we've got good like material design and good style, but also because we know what to do with the data that we're collecting and how to make it useful. Because I, I switched to uh, I, I switched to my uh, my my Casio G-Shock watch, which which was in a drawer for a long time, when I gave up on Wear OS, I didn't I didn't switch back to my uh, my Apple Watch because it's still not ter- it's 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 more of a static device on your wrist if you run Android. And I found myself thinking, well, you know, what? I'm I'm certainly not missing having to remember to charge it every single night. And I'm certainly not missing being able to take a be out of the be uh, take a trip that's three or four days long without having to plan to make sure that I have a working watch for every day of that. And I certainly also don't mi- don't miss uh, <laughs> the times where like um, I, I need to time something and I need my wristwatch to I need the, the stopwatch to be a stopwatch when I look at it again ten minutes later and not like a world mm-hmm. map. And so the idea of a uh, of a fitness watch that is more like my Casio G-Shock, but also supremely tied into Google services, that's interesting to me. And also the idea, idea of spending $150 for it instead of $300 for it, also very interesting mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. So, You know, that's one of the reasons I really love the Galaxy Watch Active. Um, it, <laughs> the, I wore that thing for the entire weekend of moving. By the way, didn't track anything, which I just think is so rude. Like you need to, you need to track cleaning. <laughs> just as a side note for all the fitness companies out there, cleaning is an exercise. My hips, I have never, I have not squatted that much scrubbing a floor this last weekend. Like, why was that not counted? I'm, I'm. Hips don't lie. Yeah, was exactly. Right. Uh, and that should be counted. But anyway, three days, three days until the watch died on my wrist. Amazing. You know, I had all that heart rate data. It just kind of like, it was, it was great. Um, I would love to see that come to Wear OS. You don't need to bundle in LTE and all this other stuff. I just need good, solid mm. fitness data, good, solid notifications. Um, and an assistant that actually responds when I, when I ask it to, <laughs> uh, here's another, just like, uh, just kind of round it off another narrative. Hot take. This, okay. Look, this is Andy. <laughs> I'm one half of this podcast. I'm going to go ahead and say my opinion on this. I am so sick of this narrative. Okay. (laughs) This is low hanging fruit here. I get it. We all want to say Google buys stuff and then kills it. We know what Google does when it, they don't kill it. They, they take obviously what is they've learned from there and they integrate into other products. Think about Google wave. You would not have the Google Doc that you have now, that real-time collaboration, if it were not for those beginning stages of Google Wave. I know we're still upset about Google Reader. I I don't know if <laughs> Google could ever make up for that. Um, I think that shelf that exists on the Pixel is supposed to make up for that or something. I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, I, 
I don't know that Fitbit is going to be turned into garbage about the, let's just like hold on our horses for a little bit. Um, there was a column on ZDNet, uh, with the title Fitbit is doomed. Here's why everything Google buys turns to garbage, which fine, great catching headline, I guess. That's something you're going to want to read. But yeah. And the problem is that he written by Jason Perlow. Um, and he, the, the, I had to, I had to pull quote the, I think it was like the second paragraph. I fully expect this to result in a total catastrophe for Fitbit's employees, products, and customers. Just about everything Google has ever purchased has been discarded like garbage or has been completely devalued as a result of the company's inability to successfully integrate acquired businesses into its culture. And he, he is smart enough to, uh, avoid like, okay, the first 10 years of, of, of mergers like YouTube, AdSense, uh, Google Maps, Google Earth. Okay, fine. But then after t- then after the ten years, anything that co- they, they they bought for five hundred million or more. But the problem is, like he's just like you said, he's he's mentioning that okay, Motorola Mobility for twelve point five billion that they sold like for like a penny on the dollar. Okay, we'll give you that if we don't assume that they got any information out of that. But fine. But then he, he mentions ways, which is. And deciding that well, Waze is no is is still out there as a separate product. Yes, and the data is informing Google Maps, and Google Maps is also like informing data into Waze. Uh, Nest, oh, they wasted three point two billion dollars on. Well, n- no, it's actually a significant brand that it's, it's for uh, Dropcam, which is essentially all of their camera. cameras now. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then at this point, I'm, I'm sort of like I'm not really with him. But then he says, "Oh, and he's, they spent 1.1 billion dollars for HTC's research and development arm." And then I meekly hold up my hand and say, "Yeah," which is why they're making Pixel phones and why their Pixel phones are. Re- it's it's just like you say. It's not that it's not that uh, it the if he if he's making a certain argument, I don't understand what he's saying. He seems to be he seems to be suggesting that. Uh, because they didn't rebrand the Waze app as Google Maps, or because I don't follow it. I mean, the the uh, so many of these acquisitions were about we have an existing product that seems to have some missing chunks. This other company that is off that is available for sale seems to fill in, spackle in a lot of what we're missing. So even if like the these even even if the Fitbit employees are going to become Google employees. Are going to be like swapping their their access to Fitbit free burritos for Google free burritos. It, maybe it's okay that they're becoming more like Google. He does make the point that integrate integrating the, uh, old uh, external companies' culture into Google's culture has not been terribly successful. But again, that's if you're you're guess what you no longer work for Fitbit. You now work for Google. <laughs> you're, it's it's they're not they're 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 not. They're not guaranteeing you that we're going to recreate the Fitbit culture inside of Google. We're going to basically see how. Uh, anyway, I, I just don't get the uh, I just don't get the argument that he's making. I I get the people I get the people who are who don't understand what Fitbit can do for uh, for Google. I get the people who don't want their privacy to be potentially compromised by making their Fitbit data integrated into Google. What I don't get is, well, because Google can't buy anything and make a good deal out of it. I don't think your uh, uh, counsel is arguing facts, not an evidence. Yeah, I think uh, if anything, we're going to benefit from it and Google Fit. Just watch. Just watch. I'm saying this now. Google Fit is going to become better in the long run because of this Fitbit data <laughs> that we're going to have integrated. 
Um, and on that note, should we take a little break from opining on this soapbox uh, so we can start on the next one? I think we should. This episode of Material is brought to you by HREFs. Whether you work for a big brand, run your own small business, or do freelance work, getting traffic to your website is always a challenge. There's just so much competition out there. HREFs is an all-in-one SEO toolset that solves that problem. It gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. You can delve into how your competitors are getting traffic and why. You can see the pages and content that send them the most traffic. And you can get estimated search volumes with their Keywords Explorer tool. So you can see how well a piece of content is likely to perform before you write it. And if you're getting search traffic, you can use features like their top pages report to discover which pages are bringing in the most traffic, then figure out how to replicate this success. It's a seriously clever way to debunk the, mis- the mystery around SEO. Go to hrefs.com right now. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. Sign up for their seven-day trial for just $7. Get reports on your website, see what's performing well, and figure out your next move. Whether you have a personal website you want to get a following on, or your company needs more traffic to convert into sales, go there. Now, hrefs.com, get that $7 trial. Our thanks to hrefs for that supportive material and all of Relay FM. Okay, this last little news item is actually about Bill Gates, which you might be wondering what does this have to do with Google, and we'll tell you in a second. Uh, I also just want to say I'm a little peeved at Bill Gates because of a thread going around today complaining about being taxed, whatever, billionaires. Anyway, um, must be nice. <laughs> Live on your own. Poor little rich Must kids. be nice living on your own island in Washington State, uh, saving kids from malaria. Anyway, so Bill Gates <laughs> says that it hadn't been for the U.S.'s antitrust law against Microsoft, everybody would be using Windows Mobile today instead of Android. <laughs> Okay. It's just that simple. Just that simple. So he was speaking at the New York Times' deal book conference, and um, he said, quote, there's no doubt that the antitrust lawsuit was bad for Microsoft, and we would have been more focused on creating the phone operating system. And so instead of using Android today, you'd be using Windows. I can't get through this quote. You'd be using Windows Mobile. Uh, If it hadn't been for the antitrust case, we were so close. I was just too distracted. I screwed that up because of the distraction. End quote. Okay. Uh, He also (laughs) talked about Microsoft missing an opportunity to provide Windows Mobile for what appears to be the Motorola Droid, the first phone to really make Android a hit. Droid. We were, he says, quote, we were just three months too late on a release Motorola would have used on a phone. So yes, it's a winner takes all game, explained Gates. Now, nobody here has ever heard of Windows Mobile, but oh well, that's a few hundred billion here or there. Okay. First of all, dude, people do know Windows Mobile. Like, unless you were born in like the later 2000s, you probably don't know about it. Fine. But like, it was, we know yeah and and also we we it's not just Android that it failed to compete with but they also failed to compete with iPhone uh yeah where's and, Apple uh, when, in this like discussion why isn't he going yeah. after his 
pal, RIP Steve Jobs. Yeah, and one of the reasons why Android took off was because it saw all the it saw all the good ideas in iPhone. Then saying, "Oh, and the fact that everybody likes it, we see we can see that this idea of of going from the form factor of the BlackBerry is a time limited future. We're going to go all in on micro on, on multi touch right now. So not only would have the not only would uh, Mr. Gates have been able to maintain his laser sharp focus on Windows." mobile but he would also have had to have gotten rid of most of the things that made windows mobile absolutely not work like making it into a tiny version of windows as opposed to a brand new thing that's optimized for mobile and multi-touch oh gosh and then he also employed implied (laughs) i i I, I put this one in because i i this this kind of made me kind of like he so he said that he basically he also said that you know if it weren't for the antitrust suit uh, on, on the upside hey if it weren't for the antitrust suit i wouldn't have quit microsoft when i did and i wouldn't have been putting all my efforts in the bill and melinda gates foundation so he's he's so he's actually saying that if not for the antitrust suit Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of children whose lives were saved by vaccinations and the health programs at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, would they, they, they would all have died. So and if they, the thing is, I would have asked him the follow up question just to get it on the record that he would much, much rather Windows Windows Mobile have failed and all those kids lived, then Windows Mobile have succeeded and all these people dying of polio all across the world. That I, I'm sure I, I'm sure that that's what he believes. I'm sure that he prefers all those people to have not have died of polio. I'm just saying that it would be nice to just make sure that's on the record so that it doesn't come back to haunt him later also, on. Also, Microsoft is fine. Y'all still got the desk. Like, come on, Windows 10. Like, I am... Not worried about Microsoft. It's fine. I'm sorry <laughs> Windows Mobile didn't work. I know there are probably some people listening to this podcast right now going like, but but I was using it and th- this is why I'm, I didn't really want to become an Android user, but I'm just listening to you guys because I need to know what's happening uh, with this operating system that I've been forced into. I get it. I get it. We don't want to see things. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to see the kin go the way that it went. Like, God, Pop. Yep. <sighs> The sidekick, you know, that was an awfully fun phone for a lot of people. The, the point is, nothing gold can stay, Pony Boy. Mm-hmm. Nothing gold can stay. Wow, that is, I feel like, Andy, that's a really beautiful way to end the podcast this week. That's why I chose it. That's perfect. You know. Perfect. Um, on that <laughs> note, Andy, any closing remarks that you would like to leave with our listenership? Remember uh, that they're allowed to kill you, but they're definitely not allowed to eat you. Just go into every situation with that confidence in your back pocket, and I think that that'll put an Unless you step. live with cats, then you're screwed because they're carnivores and they will eat you. Just, but they're too, but they're too small to bring you down. You have to die yeah, of your exactly. own natural good, causes. Good point, Andy. At, at, at which, in which case, you know, would you want your cats to starve? Exactly. Don't you love them? And you know, cats will rule us all anyway, because. God, they are really smart. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm saying it's, it's not. It's not as though they have the ability to choose to put the breath of life back into you after you've fallen from a ladder and broken your neck. Okay? Well, you know there is that that saying that cats steal your breath, right? It's like it, it's like this traditional saying mm. that like that cats they come because they come up and they like they come very close to your mouth and they like steal your breath. Listen, I come from a very traditional culture, okay? 
Now, now, now a lot of people are, who listen to this are going to have to like spit three times and turn around three times to, 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 to put to your nest cameras on your faces at night and see what your cats are doing to you. Because I'm going to tell you, it's, <laughs> it's a little fascinating. Uh, uh, Andy, do you, uh, are you doing public radio this week? What's, yes. uh, what's going on with uh, you? Yes. Uh, we're recording on Thursday, so you might not get this in time, but I'm going to be, uh, as I do most Fridays, I'm going to be at the Boston Public Library at WGBH's uh, studios down there talking about technology. This week it's uh, about 1130-ish uh, onward, uh, but uh, if, even if you don't get to listen to it live, if you go to WGBHnews.org, uh, you can stream it at any time at your convenience starting from probably Saturday morning onward. Perfect way to enter the weekend is with Andy's soothing voice talking to you about all of the week's tech headlines. That's my suggestion. <laughs> I'll play. <laughs> oh, uh, as for me, I am on a brief hiatus from Honestly Tech Pod on, at honestlytechpod.com because um, I've moved houses and it's apparently a lot of work and I'm really tired and uh, I feel like I haven't slept in days, which is true because I have not. Um, and I'm also work, just trying to catch up on work and make those deadlines. I have a lot of editors right now that are wondering what have happened, what has happened to me. So to all my editors <laughs> out there, um, bless you. Thank you for your patience. And, uh, and I will be back in the saddle very soon. And if you're curious about what I am doing in that saddle, that's florenceion.com. That's my feed, the flow feed. Um, as for us here at the material podcast, don't forget that you can tweet at us at material podcast. Uh, we read that Twitters and we read your tweets. Um, uh, we love it when you tweet us. So if you have any comments, suggestions, you just want to tell us you laughed at something. You want to tell us you cried at something. You want to tell me that I should probably talk, stop talking about death on the podcast. That's fine. You can tell me that that's why we're on Twitter. Andy and I check it. Um, we're there. We also, did you know that you could subscribe to our podcast and become a member and support us like very directly? That makes us super happy. The holidays are coming up. We do have family. So could, you know, so, some of us might be buying discounted pixel fours yeah. on black Friday. That, some that of us might handy. be buying discounted pixel twos without anybody really knowing <laughs> what it is. Uh, and you can support us at relay.fm slash material for more information. That's also where you can get all of our show notes, see what episodes we've posted, read brief little bios on me and Andy, um, and just generally support us. And I just also want to shout out to our editor, Jim, because I feel like Jim <laughs> deserves to be shouted out because Jim. Yeah. Thanks, Jim, for everything you do. Um including last week's Every, everybody go, <laughs> go go out to your window go out to go out to your windows, throw the windows open and just shout Jim as loud as you can. If you listen to last week's show, you may have noticed that there was like a patriotic uh interlude and that was like Jim put that I was just I was <laughs> I was really thankful for that. It made me really happy. Um so anyway, thanks, Jim, for <laughs> making us sound good every week. Uh, and I guess until next week, everybody, have a good seven days. Have a happy. Bye.